Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Good to have you here this morning and your smiling faces. Tell you what, God's here. I just love being in his presence. You know that, that every week you come to church, it's like, oh, I needed that. I needed that injection of faith. Oh, I needed that just time of worship. Because as you know, every week, every Monday comes, it's Monday-itis, you get up and here we go again. We're into another week. It's like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to have to pack the lunches. I don't want to have to drive the kids to school. I don't want to have to go to work. But you know what? We've got a lot to be thankful for, don't we? Amen. A lot to be thankful for. Well, I've got 25 minutes 20 minutes, and I am going to zoom through this message that has been on my heart. Pursue what matters. Pursue what matters. What matters to you? You know what? Is it the things of this world or is it the things of God? Let me read this quote from C.S. Lewis. It says, Indeed, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are, we are far too easily pleased. You know what? Human nature, we are too easily pleased. Sometimes we're too easily enticed, too easily distracted. And you know what? I'm standing here today to say, do not settle for what the world offers you, but settle for being close to the one who created it. You know what? Because every day the distraction comes. You know what? We're humans. We have a flesh. And God wants us to pursue him first. God wants us to put him number one. Amen? And in Ephesians 6, 12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of his dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know what? This scripture talks about the Christian's battle and the church's battle for survival. Because you know what? We're in a world where we need to survive. You know, this world is not getting easier and easier to live in. And you know what? We need to hang on. We need to hang on because things come against us, church. And we need to hang on to him and not what the world offers us. You know, as humans, as I said, we are so easily easily pleased, easily distracted. Sometimes we're half-hearted. Sometimes we're distracted by a pink feather duster. Some of you know that joke. Some of you don't. It's just a little running joke between a couple of friends yesterday. But you know what? We're half-hearted creatures. We're like, oh, you know what? I don't really care. It's, it's all good. And God doesn't want us to be half-hearted. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. And I know so many Christians, so many people turn up to church week in, week out. They're half-hearted in their walk with God. And God just looks down upon us and says, my child, do you know what? Things could be better for you. Things could turn around for you if you just put me first, if you just pursue me, because all that matters that in this world, all that matters is him. All that matters that the earth and the things of this world will pass away, but his words are everlasting. His words will remain. Amen. Our flesh gives in, but church, it's time for our spirit man to not give up. You know what? Last week in church, when I opened the service, and we were, we were inspired um, a couple of weeks ago by a great man of God. Um, what's his name, babe? I've got a mind blank. Mike Connell. And he was talking about activating our spirit man. You know what? Because our flesh 
Our flesh takes over at times. We get tired. We get lethargic. And it's like we need to push through. You know, we stand there and we're like, I'm tired. I couldn't be bothered. I've had a hard week. But you know what? It makes a decision to activate your spirit man because your flesh wants to take over. Your flesh is lazy. And you know what? We need to to dig deep and go, you know what, God, help me activate my spirit man. Help me activate my spirit man so I am strong and I am fit and I can push through. Because what are you pursuing this morning? What is enticing you? What are those distractions? You know what? The, The questions fly to my mind. Oh, it looks good. It tastes good. It's wrapped up, it looks, oh, pretty bow, wow. The story of Adam and Eve, just then and there in the Garden of Eden. Yes, men, it was all the woman's fault. She was the one that got enticed. She was the one that went, oh, I'm going to grab that apple, but I'm going to read the scripture. Unpackage this. Now, the serpent, sorry, we're looking at, if you have your Bibles, and I want to encourage you, take notes, because if you're anything like me, you'll hear a message and go, yeah, and then I'll go away and go, I remember like a few words, I need to write things down in my phone, that's just the way my brain functions. Genesis 3, 1 to 8, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals and the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you, you eat from its eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took one, she took some and ate it and also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then then their eyes were both opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. You know what? If you look back in in, uh, verse 6, it says it was pleasing to the eye. It was delightful to look at. And as you know, when Eve made that decision, she had to suffer the consequences of her actions right then and there. And so so did Adam. All of a sudden, they realized hang on a minute, I'm not thinking the way I just thought. I'm not looking at you the same because she made a decision to disobey what God had said, disobey the promises that God had said. You know, when distraction comes, we're pulled, we're tempted. But I know for a fact as Christians, when we make a decision to draw closer to God, we make that decision every day that those distractions, those things that entice us will start slipping and slipping and become less more desirable as we draw closer to him. Amen. Because I know that the rewards are in the gospel, are in his word. These are his promises, church. His promises are yes and amen. His promises are blessing and favor and happiness and joy and health and provision. And the world cannot offer any of that. The world cannot offer what Jesus Christ can offer for you and I and in his word. Amen. We need to continue to pursue what is good and right for our lives. And that takes hard work, doesn't it? 
we need to pursue our creator. We need to pursue the one that created the heavens and the earth and the storms and the rain because he is everlasting. Because as you know, this world is destructive and takes you down. And in Psalm 139, 23 to 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And in the Message Bible, which I love how it puts it, it says, Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me, which he already does. He already knows what you're thinking. He already knows what you're gonna say before you do. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. Amen. Who needs guidance? Who needs guidance? Because as, as we are directed by him, we have eternal life. And the first thing I want to just quickly unpackage is, number one, we need to be a people that are committed to growth and committed to change in our worlds as we pursue him, because he's the only one that can bring change. Change? How many people does it take to change a light bulb? Change? What does change mean? I might have shared this once before, but a girlfriend of mine, she, you know, many years ago, we were just talking about life and being married and things. We're talking about, you know what, it takes work. It takes a matter of changing and growing together. And she looked at me and said, what do you mean change? That word change was so foreign to her. It's just like, well, in her eyes and in her husband's eyes and just their world, it's like, well, this is the way we are and, you know, so be it. But God doesn't want us to stay the same. God wants us to pursue him. Let's not stay the same. I want to challenge you. Let's not stay stagnant. Let's not get stuck in your ways to go, well, this is the way I am. This is who I am. This is the way I was raised. You know, so many people use that excuse. But God on the inside, working in our lives, unpackaging, saying, you know what? We all have a past. We all have an upbringing. We're all dysfunctional human beings. But God wants to challenge you and say, do not get stuck in your ways. Do not get stagnant. Bring your issues, your problems, the way you think, the way you do things to me because I can help you do it better. Amen? Amen not being sour, not being bitter, not carrying attitude or being opinionated or thinking about, you know, a a sour lolly and a sweet lolly. Now, when you take a bite of a sour lolly, that instant taste is, ooh, oh, you know, sour. Like I think of the natural confectionery lollies. I like those lollies. I love my chocolate and a bit of a sweet tooth. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I love my sweets, don't I, darling? But you take a bite of a sour lolly and instantly it's like, ooh, Then you take a bite of a sweet lolly and it's just, oh yeah, that tastes good. I don't know if some of you like sour lollies, but you know, it's an ill, get my illustration. God wants us to stay humble and stay sweet in spirit. He wants us to not grow bitter, not grow sour, not grow stagnant, but be humble before him and say, God, help me stay sweet in spirit. Help me change. Help me grow. Let's commit to becoming the best form of you. The best form of you. Not in our own strength, but in his strength. Because I don't know about you, because I have no idea. I can't do it. God, I need to take my hands off the wheel. And it's a decision to make. I had this conversation with someone during the week, and they said, you know what, in my business and and, and, and trying to strive to make money and get more clients, she says, you know, I'm just 
holding on tightly and trying to make it happen. And I said, you know what? I encouraged her. I said, it's making a decision to take your hands off the wheel and saying, God, you're in the driver's seat now. I give it to you because I can't make this happen. But with you, all things are possible. Amen. So let's be committed to becoming the best form of you. The definition of uh, pursue is to follow in order, is to capture, is to chase, to strive, to gain, to follow, or to engage in. And you know what? I want to challenge you and encourage you here today. Pursue him to help you make change in your world. Strive for it. Follow him. Engage in him. Capture his attention. Pursuing him to show us what's important. Pursuing him so that, what, that all that matters in him in our worlds is just, is just him and pursuing him so that we become more like Christ. Our lives should reflect him, church. We're human, we have a flesh. But I wanna charge you today and challenge you, pursue him because he is what matters. We need to become more like Christ in the way we think, in our words, in our actions, the way we respond, the way we parent, the way, the way we, we do our job. And in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as you are changed in his glorious image. So the day that you got saved, the day that you asked Christ into your life, you made that decision, you responded, that veil was, um, was removed from your eyes. You started seeing differently, didn't you? You started thinking differently. You started acting differently. And you know what? But it makes, make, we have to make that decision daily because as we are in his presence, he says, my children, Come to me who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Committing to him, committing to growing and it takes hard work because I know I am not perfect. Church, no, you might think I am perfect but no, I am not and my husband is shaking his head. We are far from perfect but my, my heart's desire is saying, God, I do not wanna be the same person I am today in three years time. God, I want to have grown in knowledge and growing closer to you and becoming more like you. I want to grow in wisdom and understanding and being a better mother, being a better wife, being a better human being because I want to keep growing. I want to keep changing. So many Christians go around the merry-go-round and they go, I, I want to I change. I want to grow. I want to do things differently. But like Christian was preached last week, it takes one step, one step at a time one step at a time, but holding on to his promise, pursuing him. Amen. You know, I was thinking about Thomas and Elka Whalen, who was here when they came and shared amazing human beings. You know what? They're just average people like you and I, but they were Olympians. They, they did something with a dream in their heart, but it took commitment. It took days of getting up at 5 a.m., but it also took of evaluating themselves and going, okay, what do I need to to become the best at my sport, to, to win a gold medal, to be the captain of the water polo team? What do I need to do and look at themselves to make those changes to become the best at my, at my profession? And you know what? Sometimes we need to stop and go, what do I need to do, Melissa? What do I need to do, Justin? God, what do I need to do to become the best form of me? Like that scripture I read before, 
Investigate my life, O Lord. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong and guide me, Lord. Guide me, Lord, to eternal life. Amen. You know, I was thinking about the movie. Who's seen the movie Jerry Maguire? It's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, Jerry Maguire? No, about five people. Sorry, it's a girly movie. It's a chick flick. I love Jerry Maguire. And I was thinking about this movie. And if you've seen the movie, he loses his job. He was a sports, excuse me. <clears throat> he was a, a, um, a sports, uh, thank you. What's this? legend. <laughs> he was a man who actually, you know, hired people to work for him and, and he was a sports agent, yes, and he did all that. Anyway, he lost his job and he goes out and he's like, well, I'm on my own now and I have to make it. I have to prove to these guys that, that let me go from, from this workplace that I can make it. And along the way, he meets a lovely girl and she, she, was, she was great for him. She, she helped him see things differently. She loved on him for who he was. But as you, the movie unfolds, he gets caught up with the fame and the fortune in his job. And, and so, I, look what I've done. You know, I've made all this money and I'm famous and I'm awesome. And you know, in that part of the movie, which I'm not black, so I can't do it. And he's on the phone and he's, his guy that he's recruited is like, show me the money. You know, you know what I mean? Show me the money. And that became... The thing that he was focusing on, that's what he was pursuing. He was pursuing money. He was pursuing fame and fortune. And along the way, he forgot about what was important to him. This beautiful woman that had come into his life that had just made things normal and just loved him for who he was. And he just, he he let that go. He pursued what he thought was going to satisfy him, what was going to complete him. And as you know, at the end of the movie, he's standing there on the field, and you know, the, the, the guy that, it was literally his only client, he's, you know, he was only, the, he's only um, aging for um, in the football. You know, they're having a cracker of a game, and it was all awesome, and he's loving on him, the black dude, and he just stood there, and he, and he just started thinking, going, this isn't completing me. This this isn't what I should be pursuing because this is temporary. This is not eternal. You know, the, the money and the fame and the fortune. And he ends up going, running back and saying to his beautiful fiance who he was going to marry, and he walks in the room and he's like, says some lovely things. You complete me and all of that. And then as you know, the storyline, she says, you had me at hello. She said, zip it. You had me at hello. You know what? He realized what was important. He realized um, what mattered in his life. Not fame, not fortune, not money, not the things of this world, but a love and a woman that would stand by him. And I was thinking about that movie, I was thinking that's like Jesus in our life. He's the one that completes us. He's the one that we should be pursuing because he is eternal and everlasting, amen? God needs to be in our world and we need to make the decision daily. Like the song we were singing before, let it be. And there's, uh, there's a line in that song that says, let it be the first name that I call. Let it be the first name that I call is Jesus. Let it be the first name that I pursue above anything else. Because the second thing is, is focus on what is eternal and what is not temporary. In Luke 21, 33, it says, the heavens and the earth 
as I said before, will pass away. But my words will never pass away. His promises will never be unending. And in Luke 21, 34 to 36, it says, But take hell to yourselves and be on your guard, lest your hearts be overburdened and depressed, weighed down, and the grindness and the headache and the nausea of self-indulgent drunkenness and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business, busyness, the business of, of this life, and least that the day came upon you suddenly like a trap or a noose, for it will come upon all our lives upon the face of the entire earth. Keep awake when and watch at all times. Be discreet, attentive, and ready praying that you may have the full strength and the ability to be accounted worthy to escape all these things taken together that will take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. And the Message Bible puts it like this. But be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectations dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Otherwise, that day is going to take you by complete surprise. Spring up on you suddenly like a trap, for it's going to come on everyone everywhere at once. So whenever you do, don't go to sleep at the switch. Pray continually that you will have the strength and the wits to make it through everything that's coming and end up at your feet before the sun of man everybody stand to your feet that you may come to his feet that you will daily say God you're the only one that matters that you pursue him first because his words will never pass away amen He should be the one that completes you. That at that moment, he says, hello, you are there. At that moment that he calls your name, you are there. That the things of this world will pass away. The distractions, the enticing things, the things that look good. But as you know, it's temporary. It's damaging. It doesn't fulfill that place that Jesus Christ can fill. He can fill that hole in your life. Let me read this. Let our lives become a song for you, like a prayer that reaches high. The glory of your name, our greatest chorus. Let our lives become an offering, ever pleasing to your heart. The glory of your name, our highest call. All that really matters All that really counts is found in you. What else would we live for? You're the way, the life, the truth. All that really matters is you. Let our lives become a light for you, like a city on a hill. Your glory will glory by your name forever, Lord. King of glory, be the center. King of glory, you'll be the prize. We shall have no other treasure. All that counts is you lifted high because all that really matters is Jesus Christ. 
all that really matters, like those 21 Egyptian Christian martyrs. They didn't deny their faith, even though they knew they were gonna be beheaded. They were like, God, Christ, you are in our worlds. You are the one we pursue. You are the one that matters, even to death, because I have eternal life. Sitting at His feet, saying, all that really matters is you, Christ. All that really matters. Is that your prayer, church? If it's not, I wanna encourage you right now to say, God, I want you to be the one I pursue. I want you to be the one that I call on your name first. Thank you, Jesus. Every hand lifted. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you, you're like, you you are saved, you are a Christian. Be like, I need to pursue Jesus Christ. I need to stand at His feet, lay at His feet. I need to let the worries and the distractions and the things of this world not get on top of me daily. If that is you, you're like, yep, I need just to go, God, I need you first. I pursue you first. Lift your hands high. I'm lifting my hand high here this morning because He's the one that we need to desire. He is the one that is eternal. His words are everlasting. His promises are in His Word. Thank you, Lord. Some of you, you know there's things in your world, there's habits in your world that you know you need to let go. Your flesh is enticed by those things, but you need need to learn to activate your spirit man and get fit on the inside to be strong, to say no. I'm not going there. I'm not speaking that. I'm not looking at that. I'm not getting involved in that because it leads to destruction. But Jesus Christ and the things of Him are eternal. They lead to joy. They lead to happiness. They lead to everlasting love. They lead to health and prosperity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I just want, as we sing this song, let it be Jesus. I want you just to give those areas of your world, just sing it out. Let it, let it go, give it to Him and say, God, I pursue you. You are all that matters. You are all that matters. Remember that day when you got saved, that first love that you felt for Jesus and the busyness of life and the years have gone on, we've taken it for granted. But I believe some of you need to come back to the feet of Jesus and say, God, I wanna feel that again because your name, is above all names. You are the one that matters. You are the one that works. You are the one that loves me no matter what. So let's just sing a declaration this morning. Let it be Jesus. Let He be the one that matters. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.